NPR. So we've been talking a lot about the influencer economy here on The Indicator, and it got us thinking about this particular corner of the influencer world. Hey, y'all, it's Thrifty Tiffany, and welcome back to my channel. Today, we have a Dollar Tree haul, and I am Dollar so Store hauls, and they're kind of this perfect window into why so many people love these discount chains, because you can buy so many different things for cheap, and influencers know it. There's gear for preppers. Today, we're going to talk about 10 survival items that you can buy at the Dollar Store to home decor. Dollar Tree. So these are wine bottle shaped decor pieces. So these are really fun for decor for your space if you are a wine decor fan. Ooh, I don't consider myself a wine decor fan, but I think I could be converted. Well, <laughs> Stephen Basaha, hello Stephen, is joining us today from the Gulf States newsroom. This is a family of public radio stations in Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. And Stephen is here to talk all about dollar stores. Yeah, it's good to join you, Waylon. And we've heard for some time, for all you could buy at dollar stores, there's something really important that you can't. Fresh produce. Sure, maybe there are a couple bananas or apples at the counter, but they often sell little to no produce that isn't canned or frozen. Dollar chain critics also accuse the stores of making it harder to recruit grocery stores. Essentially, it's this one-two punch against public health. Fewer grocery stores filled with fresh broccoli, more dollar stores filled with packaged or processed foods. So in 2019, this movement started to ban dollar stores, with dozens of cities joining in. But four years after that trend picked up, it's worth asking the question, are dollar store bans a good idea, and do they even work? This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. Today, a trip to two cities to answer those questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. Atlassian. This message comes from KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us slash transformation to learn more. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. The world needs entrepreneurial leaders, and you can become one at Babson College. Gain the skills to lead, motivate, and inspire through a specialized master's or MBA program with full-time, part-time, and online options. Turn ideas into action with a graduate program that caters to your professional needs and fits your lifestyle. Ranked number one in entrepreneurship by U.S. News and World Report. Apply now at babson.edu slash grad programs. Our first stop is the Big Easy, New Orleans. Here's our first uh, dollar store. It will not be the last. We have quite a few. Look, we have so many. I don't even know where all of them are at. Sean Bruno's the guy giving me a tour of New Orleans East. It's this neighborhood big enough to be its own city, and Sean's the chairman of the business development district here. You see residents out on the weekends picking up trash, cleaning out the drains, you know, because we take pride in our community and we care. 
Now, New Orleans East is still recovering economically from Hurricane Katrina 18 years later. 18 years, gosh. Yeah, lots of businesses, they just never came back after the storm. And what's often taking their place are dollar stores. And really, all over the South, the discount chains are spreading like kudzu. So this is a family dollar. That's a dollar general. Oh, and you got a dollar tree right over there, too. And you got got a dollar tree, right, exactly. That's three discount stores in roughly a half mile. And it's not just the South. The major discount chains have more stores in the U.S. than Walmart, Starbucks, and McDonald's combined. The key behind the growth is the same thing that makes a dollar store a dollar store. Cheap. And yes, that means cheap prices even if they aren't literally a dollar. But really cheap everything. Like keeping a cheap payroll by hiring as few workers as possible. Cheap products often means no produce that risks spoiling. Even cheap buildings. Now, the good thing about this model for communities is it means the stores can open up and offer their services where other retailers can't afford it. But it also means the stores have taken over neighborhoods like New Orleans East. Here, there's about a dozen of them. Sean says that creates this look of poverty and makes it harder for him to recruit other kinds of businesses. They're they're not well lit. They're not well kept. And that's what makes a difference. It promotes an image that... That's all you can have are dollar stores. And this image is what Sean's fighting against, one that frames his neighborhood as filled with poverty and not opportunity. Dollar stores don't help that and make it harder for him to convince businesses to open here. So in 2019, New Orleans said, enough, no more dollar stores. The city, like a number of cities across the country, passed a law that prevented new discount stores from opening within a mile of one that's already there. And that's how a lot of these discount store bans work. Depending on the city, they draw different sized circles around any existing dollar store and say to any new ones, keep out. In New Orleans East, that circle is even more aggressive, two miles in all directions, which makes it a lot harder to find a spot to open a new store even after another one shuts down. They knocked it down. It was right. It was right here. Okay. So so this empty lot used to be a dollar store. Yep. Used to be a dollar store right here. So that's one less dollar store in New Orleans East. Is that a win? It's one less dollar store in New Orleans East. I mean, look, you hate to see a business close down. Um, so I don't, I don't look at it as a win, but to the point we had earlier, because we have so many dollar stores, you know, at some point, some are going to, uh, probably not become economically feasible and they will go by the wayside. And you're happy another one's not going to take its place. Correct. That's right. Now, Dollar General said these kinds of bans only hurt customers who rely on these stores to stretch budgets already squeezed by inflation. And this war of attrition hasn't really led to much change yet. New Orleans still has pretty much the same number of dollar stores today as it did four years ago. So if you consider a successful ban, meaning rolling back the number of stores, then the New Orleans one doesn't have much to show for it. But not ending up with more stores is actually kind of impressive. I mean, just think about this. Dollar General opens about three stores a day. That's thousands of new locations since this ban started. So for New Orleans to not have any more after all that is a victory for supporters of the ban. Victory might be a bit too glass half full here. Maybe a draw? All right, draw seems more fair, but there's another way to measure whether these bans work. Because limiting dollar stores is really just the means to an end. A lot of the policymakers behind the ban say their true goal is recruiting grocery stores, the ones scared off by the dollar chains. And by that measure, well, New Orleans still fell short. No new grocery store has opened in New Orleans East since the ban started. 
But that's what brings us to our second city, one that did find a way to recruit a new grocer, my city of Birmingham, Alabama. We're standing on what will be the full-service food giant. Waylon Wong, meet Cornell Wesley. He handles economic development for Birmingham. The city's Five Point West neighborhood hasn't had a grocery store for five years. That changed when this food giant opened in April. When Cornell and I spoke before the opening, he had this big smile. Yeah, man. I smile because I grew up in, in Birmingham and I grew up in a food desert. So I know what this will yield and what this will mean for this community. Now, Birmingham also passed a dollar store ban four years ago. But before chalking this up as a victory for team ban, here's a little detail we should mention. The thing is, the food giant is opening up right next to a dollar store. They're literally sharing a wall. I can't believe they share a wall. They share a wall. They're neighbors. What ended up being way more important for food giant wasn't the ban. And it's not really a big shocker. It was money. We provided roughly around 640000 in a cash incentive to essentially underwrite what we're standing in today. And a lot of cities that passed bans paired them up with other incentives to recruit grocers, like cutting back on parking requirements and how much of the store has to be set aside for that less profitable fresh produce. But even with money, Cornell says it's still a challenge. He's the guy who has to make the pitch to grocery stores. And for Cornell, the ban on new dollar stores does help with that. It's not exactly appealing to a grocery store CEO when they come by and see block after block of dollar stores. And Cornell says that perception, that image of a neighborhood, can make all the difference. This episode was produced by Viet Le with engineering from Catherine Silva. Sierra Juarez checked the facts. Kate Kennan edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.